The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Ben Bateman. And I'm Andrew Guy. And we are the, the Action Guys! He's going to roll on right through it this time. Uh, what an interesting weekend we just had. It's been a heck of a, heck of a weekend, heck of a, heck of a week, heck of two weeks we'll even say. We're not even talking about movies at this no. point. It's just been, it's just been crazy. <laughs> it's been wild. Uh, it's been busy. It's exciting. We're excited to be here on the Action Guys talking to you guys, the loyal fans of the show. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to update you on. Today on the show, we are going to be talking about the true best picture of 2018. What is that? As you may have guessed or seen from the title, it may have something to do with Spider-Man. Might just have a little bit to do with a movie called Into the Spider-Verse. Just possibly. Winner of Best Animated Film, but that is neither here nor there. So it's the Oscars, right? Yeah. Very interesting. Green Book wins once again, which is kind of – it was the favorite. You did, and you I had, see the, did you see the, the reaction, the Chadwick Boseman to Michael B. thing? Oh, yeah. that The shade, right? Like, it's just ridiculous. It's like uh, – it just felt like I mean it's I don't know why people are focusing on it so much. It was like right. made a lot of news, but it's just like one of those things where you're like that's actually what it's like. Well, because right front row at the Oscars, the biggest stage in the world. You were in the biggest movie in the world, and you are still sitting there going, "Yep, we still got screwed." Yeah. Like it's just it's just crazy. And like I, I keep hearing people referring it to Driving Miss Daisy too. I heard Spike Lee had an outburst. He's he tried happy. to leave, yeah. yep. which I understand because his movie actually probably should have won. Yeah, it yeah. was a better movie. I think it's it's funny. Like um, a few years back, when I was working a lot for Black Hollywood Live, yes, that's a real thing. Um, <laughs> great. I was on a show called The Branded Athlete, and I was on it for like probably like a year. We interviewed a bunch of athletes. You have Ojo Cinco on there. Well, we didn't have Chad. We had Tio. Uh, <laughs> oh no, Tio. Yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. had a bunch of guys. We had like Tio and Nate Burleson. You know, Captain Munnerlyn. And like I remember talking to these guys, and and you'd. Um, it was early in my career as a host, so mm-hmm. like even just interacting on a personal level with somebody who was a little bit famous was re- very new to me, and it was very fresh and refreshing when I would talk to like a an athlete and I'd kind of talk talk to him like I was on their level, you know. And, and I remember like asking these guys about the NFL, and like you realize their opinion about their peers mm-hmm. and the league mm-hmm. they're in, the business they're in, is the same as ours. It's just 
Like, yeah, I think he's kind of a diva. Or right. Like, oh, they're not going to win. They can't win. And it's like it's the same conversations we have. So you got to imagine I, – I relate this to Chadwick and, and Michael B. Just probably ahead of time like this not going to win. You There's know, no Green, way. Green Book, it's like you, Chadwick's probably like you watch. And then it happens yeah. and he looks back and he gives like, that look. I told you, man. I told you. Yeah, like – which is crazy because I haven't seen Green Book, so I can't really speak on it personally. But from what I've heard from everyone, yeah. every single person goes, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's totally that movie. It's yeah. that irrelevant, that kind of irrelevant movie. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to inspire a conversation for us here talking about the nature of Oscar-winning films, uh, Best Picture-winning films, and how so often they feel out of touch with, which, with, which, sorry, with what is actually relevant that year. Which would suggest that it's possible that there was a better movie this year than even one of the films that was nominated. Yeah, 100%. So I think what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the true Best Picture winner of the, the Oscars. The best film of 2018. And why. And it is Into the Spider-Verse. And, of course, before that, you got you guys got to follow us on social. you, you got to follow yeah. the socials. We're at Team Action Show on Twitter. we got uh, Instagram, at Action Industries. If you guys go and, and uh, respond there, there's a contest running every week on the story. Mm. We post an image from an action movie. If you can guess what that image is, if you're first, we will answer one of your questions on Action Movie Anatomy, which is our other show we do every week. We have Action Industries page on Facebook. If you go like that. Action Industries right now is blowing up everywhere. We've got an incredible team working for us. We are so very lucky to have them. And the very last thing, you guys have talked about it at home. You guys have been raving about it in the comments. Ben and I made it happen. We will have full episodes of Tag on video for you guys. Tag is short for the action guys. Oh, yeah. The action guys. (laughs) Uh, The only way you guys are actually going to be able to get those episodes, though, you got to follow us on socials. you got to follow us on those platforms so you can actually see where we'll be releasing them. Yes, we'll be releasing them soon. That uh, We're working out currently exactly how that's going to work, but absolutely do that. It's going to be an exciting way for us to continue to give back to you guys with more content. So this year, Green Book wins Best Picture, and... I would contend that of the films that were nominated for Best Picture, uh, this was one of the years I can remember in memory that had the most irrelevant films. I don't mean irrelevant in the quality. Right. I don't mean that The Favorite's a bad movie. I don't mean that Green Book is uh, – I would give a a thumbs down. That's not the point. And you and I both love Vigo and Mahershala. Yeah, big time. nothing to do with them and and, and Peter Farrelly. Oh, yeah. I mean I had a great conversation with Peter Farrelly a couple years ago before he went into production on this movie. He was so excited about it. So I mean honestly, I'm happy for him. interesting. Yeah, you remember when I met him? And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, – but what I will say is that so often when years like this happen, it reminds you of the irrelevance of the movies that are getting put up for Oscars because to Joe Schmo movie viewer, like the general movie fan, Roma – the only right. accessible thing about Roma to them is the fact that it's on Netflix. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> but even then, it's subtitled too. So you've already got – Black and white subtitles. Right, black and white subtitles. So why isn't this best foreign film? Yeah. Is it because it's released in America? I mean it got nominated and won right. for best foreign right. film. Right. That's but what that's I mean. The, yeah. I mean that, you know, you have Roma. You have you have The Favorite, which again is like some – I mean the, the Favorite reminds me of a movie like Gosford Park where it's like right. – where it's just like that movie that by the time the Oscars are over, the movie already feels culturally relevant. Like right. it's just not going to make an impact. And then you look over on the other side of the coin and you're like this category, best animated feature, has existed since 2001. Only 18 years. Only 18 years. And in that time, we only could point to three films that have won this award that feel 
kind of irrelevant. And even that's a stretch. Yeah, they feel kind of irrelevant. And the reason that Ben says it's a stretch is because let's start from the beginning. We'll go with Wamus, Wamus, Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the uh, Were Rabbit. I think. S- yeah, something like that. Yeah. 2005. And I, I remember when this won. <clears throat> yeah. I remember. I remember they announced it, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize there was a Wallace and Gromit movie this year. I never watched that cartoon. Well, because Chicken Chicken Run yeah. came out a few years before this, it's like right? 2000, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I remember like kind of. I went there with I went to that movie with my friend and his dad and his dad was kind of like talking he he mentioned he referenced Wallace and Gromit he yeah. like mentioned this kind of claymation and how fun it is and like you've right. got to go watch this Wallace and Gromit thing so I understand why it won in 2005 I mean not only was it probably the best of the year yeah. I, I can't remember there was, was so no long Pixar ago. movie in 05 there was no Pixar movie in 05 it also has a massive cult following because Wallace and Gromit had this huge audience from yep. a different platform you know I mean a different uh, you know not from the feature film so that makes sense. 2011, you got Rango. Yeah. And now, by 2011, mind you, we were starting to get into a phase where the, the animated films that were coming out were of a high enough class on a year-to-year basis. Did Scorsese direct this? Rango? No, wait. Who directed this? Gore Verbinski. Gore Verbinski. I was like, someone... It's yeah, a relevant yeah, yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we were starting to get to a point where these movies would come out, and like Rango was interesting. It was funny. It's weird. It's got Johnny Depp. It's like yep. before the Johnny Depp kind of starts to really go off that deep end. Before um, Johnny Depp just becomes the poor man's version of himself. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, not popular. And uh, and I remember Rango coming out. I've still never seen Rango. Um, but it's not a movie that comes up very often as like that favorite that you should watch. Right. The people that love it, love it. But it was a soft year. And the last one on our list here. And this is probably the most uh, most relevant one because it beat out Wreck-It Ralph. It's Brave. And the it's 2012. Only, it's the only Disney Princess Pixar movie. Yeah, which which that I mean, we literally just said it beat out Wreck It Ralph, and it's the only Disney Princess Pixar movie. So again, once again, it's it's Pixar's first kind of foray into Disney's classic outline. Yeah, and I mean, it's obviously like, and, and again, when Brave won, I think people more looked at it as like, well, prior to Rango. Pixar had won the four previous years in a row. Right. So this is just like the Patriots lose a year and then they win again. Right. This is a little bit how it felt. Yeah, and it's without it's with only like Tom yeah. and Bill as the superstars and everyone else is just like filling role like It's roles. an ugly win, yes, but it still counts. Yes, exactly. And I think and those are the only ones you can really point to that are relevant. Otherwise you're talking about movies like you're talking about movies like Shrek and The Incredibles <clears> and <throat> Up and Toy Story Three and you're talking about stuff yeah, like, and like Spirited Frozen. Away and Free yeah, Frozen, Spirited Away. I mean movies that are regarded basically as classics, all time movies. Movies. Like, I mean, we, we did the Pixar episode last week on the show, and of the movies that we discussed, like, almost all of the ones in the top ten won Best Picture. Yeah, you it's know? T- totally. It's nuts. So, you know, Best Animated. It's weird how that category, since 2001, you know, in 18 years, is able to go 15 for 18 in terms of the quality. But if you look at the and all- relevance, like, every single one of those movies, and, and again, I've got this list pulled up. I'm just going to go through it very, very quickly. We've got Shrek, Spirited Away, Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Happy Feet, Ratatouille, Wally, Up, Toy Story 3, Brave, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Inside Out, blah, 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 Is Utopia. There's a couple more. Every single one of these movies, when they came out, was like, a cultural phenomenon. The whole world stopped and was like, we all need to talk about Coco for a month. We all need to talk about Big Hero 6 for a month. It it stops because in order for it to be recognized and be the best animated feature, there's so many that come out every year that make so much money. The number one movie, I mean, Frozen was literally the talk of the town for a year. Frozen's the closest thing to Lion King we've had in our lifetime. It's insane. And for Disney, it's the only equivalent since. And so you look at that and the juxtaposition between animated and live action, and this is where you get to take the, the ropes here, 
Talk to me about like the King's speeches and the yeah. artists. And, and, and we talked about some of the snubs. And that episode, a lot of the things that we will talk about here for a second, it will be in reference to those same things. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the King's speech is a great example of a movie that is well-liked. Great movie. Um, but you also can go back further. You know, Driving Miss Daisy is a great example of a movie that sort of people can't believe. You know, Crash is one of the all-time classic examples. <laughs> it gets referenced as a movie that people can't believe won Best Picture. Especially what they won, these movies won over. Yeah. And, and I mean, you even start to go back and you – you start to look at movies like even like Spotlight, you know, and I love Spotlight. I think that movie is terrific. I love it too. Huge fan. But also, you know, Spotlight in 2015 was up against a bunch of great movies and like it just was sort of the easy Oscar pick. Um, I think the problem with the Oscars is that they'll lock in sometimes to a movie like Argo and they lock into that movie and it's like it's the safest thing for everybody to agree on because it's just this like vanilla palatable. It's exciting enough. <laughs> There's a lot of famous people in it. Yeah. And it doesn't have that like the movies that when you when you look back on those years, the reason in 2010 we talked about Inception and The Social Network, those were iconic generational movies. They they literally influenced a generation of filmmakers and fans. Right. They, they, like, th- those are the movies that you need to pay attention to. And so in some sense – this year at the Oscars, the fact that Black Panther got the Oscar nominations that it did is a step towards that. It's a step it towards is. acknowledging that. This movie made a billion dollars. Right, because they kind of tried to like <clears throat> skirt around it with the whole popular category for a while, which was so absurd. It's like that is the – it's popular because it's the best. It's disrespectful just to even talk about. Yes. So then you know, they come off of that. But here's the hot take. You know, The hot take that we, we talked about this on Action Movie Anatomy a little bit and I think you can, you can you know, go there again today. This will kind of lead us into the second half of our show. But my hot take is that Into the Spider-Verse deserved that Best Picture nomination over Black Panther. And I should qualify it by saying I understand Black Panther's roots are much, much deeper. Right? Yes. Black Panther is, is, is influenced by hip-hop music. It's influenced by African culture. It's actually it's, – it's employing African culture in its costume design and it's, it's actually black actors working on screen in an entirely African-American cast. Yeah. You know, instead so, of – it's a whole different experience and I, and I get that and it <clears throat> deserves accolades for that reason. And it's a great movie. Many people have said that Infinity War is a better movie. I agree. But Infinity War is not unique in the same way that Black Panther is unique. Now, if you go on the other side of the coin, you look at Spider-Verse. First of all, Spider-Verse is the Who Framed Roger Rabbit of animated movies, right? Or, or of superhero movies. It's, yeah. It is that special. It's that unique. It's that meta. It's doing all the same things. On top of which, you have a young black Spider-Man, right? That's your lead character. In a world where you've got live action Spider-Man, a Spider-Man that everyone loves, in a universe that everyone loves, and a sequel is coming out that everyone's waiting for. That's probably why I missed Into the Spider-Verse because I was like, this is so out of place right now. And the acknowledgement the acknowledgement that Hollywood is giving by by nominating Black Panther for all those awards, it's not like Spider-Verse didn't get nominated. It won an Oscar. Right. So like it's still great. But it's like when I look at those two movies together, I think Black Panther is really good. I think that there are better superhero movies that came out last year. I think it's maybe not even in the top eight Marvel movies. And what's fascinating about the conversation that we're even having right now is you are literally talking about replacing the probably the next best option just because it's another superhero movie. When in reality, they should both be up there and yep. we should get rid of the favorite. A hundred You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like I, I'm not voting that you get Black Panther off the stage. I'm saying right. if, if the old white people that, that run the Oscars, that nominate movies for Best Picture, that decide that The Favorite and Roma and Green Book right. and even Vice, which like – I'm the biggest Adam McKay fan. I'm the biggest Christian Bale fan. That movie had no business being anywhere near a Best Picture category. Not even close. Like, not even close. If those are the people that are deciding these movies need to be nominated, like, 
we had eight nominations. We can have ten. Why is Spider-Verse not there? I, I, I mean, I could not agree with you more. This movie – and let's talk about the revolutionary aspect of this film. This isn't a kid's film. This is a movie made for everyone that is drawn. Yeah. That is what yeah. it is. And, and, and like, you know, Coy was on the show and he said that they even make jokes still when they're introducing the best animated feature in, yeah. in, in the nominees and all that. And so <clears throat> I couldn't agree more. I think that this movie is – it was so perfect all the way across the board. Now, one thing that it suffered from was the overhype. Yeah. But that's what happens when something is this revolutionary. And we waited to see it. We, we you, you and I both, when it came out and everybody was talking about it, we didn't see it maybe for that reason. And we decided yeah. to cover it on the show. So we both saw it this week. And it was – I even still felt it was almost overhyped because of the Oscar win. But yeah. I still just loved it. I still thought it was so great. It's so well cast. You see so many people from different parts of Hollywood all working together. It's so cool to see Nick Cage and Haley, you know, Haley Steinfeld and Mahershala Ali. Yeah. And then you got you know Shamik yeah. Miller – or Shamik – what's his last name? More, more coming on. Who is just like, who are you? I don't even know who you are, and you're leading this movie. And yeah. You're so great. So, I, yeah, I, I think I agree with you on that. It just had so many cool things. I mean, it had the hip hop angle as well. It had like the art, the, the street art, which oh, is so man. big, and the color of this movie, and like the design of the animation, the, the voice acting, the, the moments. I mean, the it com- had, yeah, the moments. Yeah, it had so many good moments. So I think we both are pretty much in agreement that this movie, you know. What I'll always say about a movie like this, anytime that a movie pushes the envelope and mm-hmm. like decides to, to try to be revolutionary, to try to be different, it's very difficult to evaluate it in a historical context when it's fresh. It's really hard to do. I mean it's hard to do with any great movie. But like when you when I think about Logan now, I feel differently about Logan than I did when I saw it the first time. When I saw right. it the first time, I was like, this is arguably the best superhero movie top two ever. And right. you know, now it's like I love Logan and it's I still might I still might put it there, but it doesn't have the hyperbole around it that makes me feel like it just deserves that spot. Like this is something so, so special. Like it's a great movie. Yeah. But whereas this is actually so special. We talked about Wally, you know, when Wally came out versus Wally today. It doesn't feel like the same conversation, you know? And so that's that's a little bit of why with Spider-Verse, like I'm willing to say Spider-Verse has deserved to be nominated for Best Picture mm-hmm. and it may be one of the great movies. In a year, I'll probably feel a little bit more like how special was that movie really? You know, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be able to answer that question. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, yeah, the recency bias is really tough when you love a movie that much. Because, yeah. I mean, well, like I said, one of the first episodes we ever did of Action Movie Anatomy was on Ma- uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Right. And I was like, this is the best movie ever made, period. And that was, <laughs> you know, it's not. <laughs> it's not even close. I draw stars. I draw stars. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, so I think. I think what we can do now is let's talk about like we do fist pump. Fist yeah. pump, we talk about it all the time. Yep. We'll get into it a little bit more, but let's do like different fist pumps. Let's do like an emotional one. Let's yeah. do like a like a like an actual action one, and then let's do like a geek out nerd one. Okay. You yeah, know? Yeah. That that's good. I mean, before we get into that, I just do want to remind everybody really quickly, patreon.com slash team action is the best place you guys can support us in what we're doing here. Um Drew and I right now are revamping the Patreon. We've done it for like a little less than a year now probably. Uh, we were doing a lot of exclusive videos on that channel uh, for exactly for the Patreons. And as this Schmodown season kind of gets going now, I think you guys are going to probably start to see more of that. Um, we are going to be doing some more content. There's going to be some really cool new rewards we're introducing. So stay tuned for that if you're already a Patreon. This next month should be really exciting, a lot of big news. But check it out, patreon.com slash uh, team action. It is the number one way to support us. So um, fist bump moments into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> yeah. 
What do you want to go for first with? Well, since I'm like not a comic book nerd, yeah. I will go into the moment where I had like that giddy comic book kid inside of me. Yeah. And it comes in the first five minutes of the movie. It's the intro when it, they start kind of revamping every Spider-Man movie that we've seen over the last 20 years. Yeah. Or, I mean, 15 or whatever. But it's like, <clears throat> I just love it. It shows the things that we really like about it. And then it starts to kind of poke fun at itself. Yeah, right. And for me, what I really liked is I was like, okay, just in the same way is Deadpool made fun of Deadpool before. Yeah. And, like, actually when, when Gosling played Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine or you whatever. Mean, uh, Reynolds. Or, yeah, yeah, not really. Yeah, yeah. Gosling. Yeah, when Reynolds plays him and you're like, it's the worst thing to cover up his mouth and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved in this movie in the beginning. I did have a literal fist pump when they made fun of Spider-Man Three and the dancing. The dancing. And the da- yeah, I, died. <laughs> I literally was dying in the theater laughing because I was, and then I was so excited. Yeah, I was like, if this is what they're doing in the very beginning, they already they're already making up for the things that we hate. Yeah. Then the next two hours of this, I am dying to watch. I think like what I love so much. Okay, first of all, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> wholeheartedly. Good to say. Good. One of the things that I love so much about that moment in Spider-Man 3, the dancing, is that I think like when you think about the stage that people are on where they decide to do something uh, different, we'll say. <laughs> uh, you know, when Sam Raimi is like, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do with Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3. Like, we're going to go for it. Yeah. Know? Toby, dance like this. You know, have fun with it, whatever it is. And like <laughs> – and you're like – we're going to look back in 50 years at some of the most embarrassing things that have ever happened <laughs> in a big budget movie. And one of the most embarrassing things that will ever have happened in a big budget movie will be that sequence in Spider-Man 3. It's, it gets more ridiculous by the year because oh. you look – like Spider-Man 2 is an all-time superhero movie. Yep. Spider-Man 3, like even just like Toby watching the dailies and being like – like, guys, are you sure? Delete that. Are you sure? Just get rid of that film. <laughs> yeah. Don't ever put that anywhere. It's like so embarrassing. Oh, and I, I have a feeling that he, you got to be able to feel that on set. Because the quality of one and two are astronomically exponentially better than three. I've heard that uh, Raimi wasn't getting what he wanted for three, so he, he intentionally sabotaged it. That's what oh, that scene is. I have heard that too. Yeah. That is so interesting, but it doesn't do you any favors no, as a director. No, definitely not. Okay, so, so what's your what's your uh, what's your geek out comic book kid moment? My geek out comic book kid moment, <laughs> and we talked about this a little bit on Action Movie Anatomy, but I think it's the treatment of Wilson Fisk as a character, um, uh, Kingpin. I just thought, I just thought that they got the size of the character and how con- like comic book cartoon large he is. Yeah, they understood how menacing he's supposed to be because the thing about Kingpin is that he's just a man. But he's a man that, like, utilizes his size as his greatest strength. Yes. And in the comic books, it was always the case. Like, he could fight Daredevil. He could fight Matt Murdock, even though Murdock was, like, super strong and, like, coordinated. But, like, and, like Kingpin, actually kind of a superhero. If Kingpin could, like, grab his leg or, like, you know, he was able to take him on and fight him. Kingpin would, like, train. Yeah. You know, like, they would always have scenes of him, like, training with, like, doing karate and stuff. Well, and I love – I mean, because I, I, I only really know Kingpin well from Daredevil yeah. on, on Netflix. And, like, even watching – uh D'Onofrio play him I love the way that they just because because he's still so big in that yeah but I loved how they made him still so agile yeah and that's one of my favorite things about Kingpin yeah he's it's it's he truly does get to be like a super villain in the sense of his like strength and speed and 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 like not in a in a comic book way that he would be actually a superhero right. or super villain like with super superpowers, but he's just like that focused and coordinated, like like Batman gets to be. Right, he gets I mean, to have that quality. Yeah, and and yeah, I love it. I love how he just 
by the way, there are going to be a lot of spoilers for Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen Spider-Verse, I think you definitely got to turn this off and go watch it because we're going to just ruin the movie. Yeah, so I'm going to give you two seconds for that. What? And I also love yeah. how he just kills Prowler. Yeah. I just love how he just shoots he him. He just shoots him. It doesn't even, he gives him a half a second. He's like, Prowler, take him out. Yeah. Doesn't do it. Shoots him. I yeah. love it. So um, I think my next moment, and it's weird because there's so many really great, we call this explosion of emotion yeah. on action movie anatomy. And there's so many excellent moments in this movie that really want to, like, they bring you to tears. And I, and I talked yeah. about mine. Uh, a couple of them on AMA, and I mentioned that, you know, I really love the moment when his dad yells out, get up, Spider-Man. Yeah. But I actually noticed early on in this movie when it was going to be like that. I could tell early on that that was going to be that feeling, yeah. that, like, overwhelming emotional feeling was going to pop up a handful of times. And I realized that early on when he's talking to his teacher at the academy. Yeah. And she goes, you're trying to quit, and I'm not going to let you. Yeah. That's all it was. And she's not even in the movie again. No, she's and I not. thought yeah, she yeah. might be like that character to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of hoping it. But for some reason, it was just the way that they did it and the fact that he got a 0% means that he actually got a 100%. And the way that she wrote in the 1 and the 0 on the other side of it. And when she said that line, it wasn't even that moment that was like so great. It was that it happened. And I was like, wow, if that is happening right now with someone who's probably irrelevant, imagine what's going to happen later on. Right. I was straight up tears tears coming out of my eyes when we got the dad outside the door. Yeah, it was a big one. And, and, and like when he actually sees Prowler go down, yeah. like tears in my eyes. Yeah, for sure. So I hope I didn't take yours. No, 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 yeah. no, no. There's a, there's a ton of good ones. And I think, I think for me the next big one is um, when you see the shot that's on the cover of the box and in the trailer where he jumps off the building. And he's, <sighs> and he's falling, but then they have the shot of him falling up. That's such a cool moment. It's yeah. such a cool, like, magical um, – it just this what this movie really does is it captures the magic, and Infinity War has its own sort of magic. It mm-hmm. has its own. I'm watching a crossover event in a comic book that's going to take 12 months to wrap up, and it's all in a movie. That's one kind of magic. This has the kind of magic when you read like Ultimate Spider-Man number one, and you're a kid, and you're like imagining what it would be like to get these powers and like discovering right. them for the first time, and and when he finally he makes his suit, it's after especially the moment where Peter B. Parker is like, then fine. Then do you know? Then sting me or go invisible on command. Yeah, you know, do you, it. And if you can't, then you're not ready. And I'm going to sacrifice myself because I'm a hero, and that's what Spider-Man does. Yes. And if you can't do it, then I'm going to do it. And like, and then the fact that he has to rebound from that, and yeah, I that, love that moment. That's such a classic comic book moment. Yeah. Do it. I can't try harder. I can, you know. But they executed it so so well there. I think my final one, and this is this is like another reason why the the door for animation is open so wide now. Because this is another great thing about it is just because a famous person is voicing you doesn't mean that character is going to be re- like prominent. Yeah, just, that just basically means this is a movie that people want to be in. Yeah. So what I love is the fact that you've got this doctor that's working for Fisk. Yeah. Right. And she's. Finally gets uh, Peter B. Parker in the chair, and she's kind of like, yeah. "Oh, you gained some weight. This is interesting." And, and she kind of like straps him down, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, whoa!" So she, I knew she had a little evil yeah, in she her. Had to be. They yeah. had to be. Yeah. And she's like, "But I'm going to keep you here until you do." And I was like, "Oh, so she's like just an evil doctor." Yeah. And then she pulls the hair up. Yeah. And you see that her hair looks like an octopus. Yeah. And I lost it because yeah. <laughs> I love Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. Yeah. But this reimagining of that character, and I don't know if this is a character that was in the comic books. I'm not sure, but. It yeah. She was so badass. I loved the different and how the arms were like 
more human like and like yeah. m- like malleable and could right. like get bigger and small. Like I love that and and just the way she moved. Uh, she was my favorite villain. I think she was sweet. She They're, was awesome. The villains were, were pretty cool. The uh, design behind her. Yeah, the fact that you get her, that you you get to see Prowler, you get Tombstone, you get Scorpion. Like yeah, and they I really didn't know those three existed. Yeah, they chose. They didn't choose Venom. They didn't choose you know Green Goblin. They didn't choose Sandman. Or, Sandman. Yeah. yeah, the retreads. They chose new ones that we hadn't seen as an audience. Or I think it was pretty sweet. I mean, for the most part, obviously, we'd seen Doc, a version yeah, of Doc. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think my last my last fist pump is just the moment that you realize that we're going way off the deep end with all the spider people. Um, <laughs> right. You know, and you've met – at this point, you've met Gwen, Gwanda, and uh, who I love <laughs> I so much. Her. I loved her. Like, I love their, like, high, their high school, middle school flirting. I love like – I felt just – I felt like a, a 10 or 12-year-old boy watching this movie with a crush on a girl yeah. watching her. Yeah, And I'm totally. a 30-year-old man. And yeah. it almost made me feel like a little weird. But <laughs> little I'm like, it's a, it's a cartoon and she's a superhero. And how could you not love her? And you love Haley Steinfeld anyway. So it's okay. I know. It's I okay. really do. Yeah. She's so amazing. Yeah, she's great. So um, no, I just – I loved her as a character. But I, I love that we've met who we think are going to be our team. And then we get the the additional three spider people, Spider-Ham, <laughs> Spider-Man Noir, and what is it? spider Oh, Spider Gen. Mech or something? Yeah, I don't know. it's like, yeah, the that anime. Must, that must be a character that exists that I don't know about. Yeah, I was um, actually going to ask you about that. We didn't even talk about it on AMA at all. No, I mean, a lot of those, most of those characters were like weird, like offshoot, um, you know, versions of Spider Man. Right, because the uh, Spider Noir, I remember Koi was saying, I'm sure Spider Man Noir that. is a thing that happened. But what I can say is of those Spider-Man characters, it's Nick Cage's Spider-Man Noir that got me the most. I mean, I honestly like kept I kept saying to people when they'd be like, you know, Spider-Man Noir was so good. They'd be like, I, I, uh, I got I just got out of a, a screener of Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, and I'd be like, and I'd be like, how was Nick Cage? Was Nick Cage good in that movie? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what? Like, what is wrong with you? And I'd be like, oh yeah, he was great. And like, <laughs> like I was just so excited that Cage was going to be in this movie and it was going to be a big deal. And like, and he's a huge comic book fan. Massive. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. I mean, because so, he was in, he wanted to be in the Super Superman Origins movie, or yeah, whatever. yeah, and he, I mean, he was in Ghost Rider, obviously. Yeah. That was a good decision for his career, it was and real great. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's just great at Spider Man Noir. He's hilarious. It's funny. They poke, he pokes fun at himself. I loved it. Yeah, I love, I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and this is a kind of a, a fun thing that we talked about that I think is is interesting. It was a question that was prompted to us by one of our fans asking, like. You know, now that this movie has happened and we saw what it did and, and how revolutionary it can be, what other properties or entities would you like to see this kind of take on? And and what I what I think is so fascinating is that this movie went into so many other dimensions and did so many things, so many like reality bending things on screen that I don't think you could actually execute properly practically yeah. or, or live action. I would love to see I would love to see another comic book story or entity come yeah. be done like this yeah and start like this it would be awesome i mean i think what's cool too is if you i mean there's a bunch of different ones you know on some level we got the beginnings of this with uh x-men when they did days of future past right right you're mixing your two universes which when they came out first class i'm not totally sure if that was the intention or if that was actually just 
they were like, we can do this now. I don't – I have never looked into it to know. It right. seems now looking back on it like it was probably intentional. What did they marry? Um, X-Men First Class because it's like new characters. It's a reinvention. It's like a new oh, universe. Oh, I Gotcha, gotcha. Because it was after Last Stand, <laughs> yeah. right? And then they take those those performances and those characters and they mix them together with Days of Future Past. So you get Patrick Stewart and you get right. all those characters to come back from that original trilogy. seemed like First Class was a reboot. Uh, and I think maybe it was, but then they were like, "This was successful enough. We think we can get Singer back and just do this again." <laughs> well, Singer—that's a—that's a sore <laughs> subject. A, yeah, that's a, yeah, not fun rough. to talk about. <laughs> um, but I think you know, for the other ones, like the ones that come to mind for me are ones where there have been prominent pieces of media that then go on to be like. Like the Marvel Action Hour is a great example. Back growing up, I used to watch 30 minutes of Fantastic Four, the cartoon, and 30 minutes of Iron Man, the cartoon. This was in, in like 1994. This was right. like a thing that was on TV. People don't remember that existed, but that was one of the earliest memories that I have loving Iron Man. Yeah. So like if there happened to be an Iron Man version of this, you would have to think – they would employ some of that, and they would they would use that. Probably. And I can totally imagine RDJ wanting to do a voice acting yeah, of right? Iron Man, but not wanting to put the suit on again and act on set. Something. So I mean, there's you know, there's that's one that's I think really really cool to think I about. I would I would love to see <clears throat> the Deadpool of this in the sense of I want to see a dark R-rated animated feature on Spawn. Yeah, you know, like because it sounds like they're trying to do Spawn again anyway, and the Oof. first one was so bad. And well, here's the funny part: there has been a dark, R-rated, animated feature of Spawn. <laughs> it happened. It, it didn't. I get, think I know this. It didn't get theatrical release, but I think I've seen the box at the video store. Back I when I was a kid. What, had it. What's it called? I think just Spawn. And I because there was a Spawn cartoon. But there was this R-rated spawn. There's like tits in it and stuff, and there's like dead. Did you just like, say tits? And like, yeah, I mean, as a kid, you know, knives and stabbing, and like, uh, I watched this as a kid. I like remember. There's like nudity and stuff. Like, I I had the video of what it. What the hell? How do I not know about? This? I think I want to say it came out in like '97 or '8 or something like that. Probably would be my guess. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, as a it's kid, like real bad. Well, I think as a kid, I thought it was pretty sweet. But uh, it, <laughs> well, yeah, because the other one I was talking about on would be the Fantastic Four. But I, I think I'd be super down to see a Spawn one. But apparently, I just missed the boat. I just don't know what's going to happen when they do that Spawn reboot. Like uh, Jamie Foxx's Spawn is, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, I've seen Jamie Foxx be good before, so yeah, yeah, we definitely have. Um, they would need have to you get seen the solo. They would need to get Gerard Butler in the film. Gerard. <laughs> um, okay, so this is basically going to wrap up our conversation on Into the Spider Verse. When do you think a movie can actually win Best Picture that's animated? When's it going to happen? Um, Toy Story three was nominated. Inside Out was nominated. Or no, Up 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 yeah. was nominated. Yeah. This was not. But when will one actually just win Best Picture? Well, okay, so I've been saying this for a while now, and this will be a roundup way of answering that question. So Black Panther's Best Picture nomination is interesting for a couple reasons, mm -hmm. right? Um, Black Panther is not the best superhero movie ever made. I don't think anybody would argue that it is. I think people, many people would argue that there are better MCU movies. People would argue Dark Knight is better. Like there's a lot of people. Now Black Panther is one of the most unique and important ever yes. made, right? Well, we already talked about the reasons. And so the reason Black Panther gets elevated to the stage that it's on is for that reason. It's a really great movie in the comic book genre. It made a ton of money. And all those other things. And it has all the other factors. Yes. However, in 10 years, when we look back on Black Panther, it won't be Black Panther that's remembered. It'll be, for, for those reasons, it'll be a movie like Moonlight that's remembered more than Black Panther. It's a more significant movie. Right. But what Black Panther will be remembered for is being the first superhero film that was ever nominated for Best Picture. And it's going to open the door for the next one of those to win Best Picture, 
when it's the right time, right? right. Whether it's it, and it won't be end game, but whether it was something like an end game in ten years from now being the return of the king's factor. But even then, you're still <clears throat> you're still thinking it's all live action, right? Well, like, so so that's my answer there. And so I think if you if you kind of correlate that with animated and you apply the same logic. Um, 91, Beauty and the Beast was the first time that an animated film was ever nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. 2009 and 10, the two Pixar films you talked about, that was after they expanded categories so that you could have more than five movies. Right. That made it possible for more prominent nominations. Now we're at a point where every year the Oscars are working to make sure they're incorporating younger audiences, to make sure that they're capturing the attention of people that care about things that aren't Green Book and the favorite. Right. And I think what that means is it's probably not the next one. But it'll probably be like in the next 10 years, I'll bet you five movies get nominated for Best Picture that are animated. And sometime in the next 10 years, one of them will win. Do you think we'll just get rid of the Best Animated Feature category then? No, because like in the same way that it's important that Roma won Best Animated Film and was I mean, also nominated. You mean foreign? Yeah, yeah. Best yeah. Foreign. I think it's good to have both. You know, like you want you want there to be an animated feature category so that like Spider-Verse is going to absolutely crush that category. Right. However, is it good enough to win against all movies? That's I think it's good to have them separated. Yeah, yeah, okay. I like that. Uh, yeah, that's just interesting. It's just interesting I, I thought to bring up because I, I don't really know. I don't know the answer. I, I It feels like we're still probably like a decade away from an animated movie winning Best Picture. Yeah. And, and, and it definitely feels like it probably – it's so weird. Like how, what kind of movie is it going to be? Is it going to be like the – what's that Wachowski Brothers movie that Keanu was in that was drawn? Um, Scanner Darkly? Yeah, Scanner Darkly. Like, is it going to be something like that where it's like an adult film right. that is animated or like drawn, whereas this is right. like a movie that is like a kid's movie? Yeah. So, so I don't know. I Like, does it have to be the, the moonlight that is drawn or animated to win Best Picture finally? You would think that like this movie would have been revolutionary enough to get that ninth nomination. I really it's, truly do. It's still really surprising that it didn't. And I think it's just because it's a Spider-Man movie is the reason that it didn't. Um and so – but I do think that that academy, those academy voters are beginning to soften to the idea of things outside the traditional box being nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be next year. I think we're literally probably looking at – you'll see three or four Best Picture nominations before you see a Best Picture winner is my guess. Yeah. All right. Well, so, I, I agree. Yeah. We can leave it at that. I hope I hope that we see – an like if animated movies keep doing what this movie does, I would love to see one win Best Picture soon. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean absolutely. And, and I think using the full 10 nominations is something that I wish the Academy did more often. I don't understand why they feel the need to nominate less than the maximum number. Right. Like you, you expanded it for a reason. Just yeah. fill them up. Right. I think it allows 10 or does it just allow nine? I think it allows 10. I thought it did. Pretty sure it allows 10. Yeah. Um, but anyway, guys, that's going to wrap up the episode here. So thank you for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Share your thoughts below in the comments. Let us know what's your favorite animated movie of all time. Do you agree with us? Is Spider-Verse the best movie of 2018? Is it as good as Black Panther? Is it better than Infinity War? Yeah, Where let do us you know, stand on it? Uh, yeah, let us know what other entities you would like to see animated or drawn in the future. What, what movies that exist now or have died in the past that you would love to see brought back to life? Maybe it is Lord of the Rings that yeah. is animated in the future. Who knows? Let us know down in the comments and make sure to follow us on all of our social platforms. That's at Team Action Show on Twitter, at Action Industries on Instagram, and you can also find the Action Industries page on Facebook. Go give it a like and you will be able to find the full episodes of the Action Guys on video Coming soon. Coming soon. And uh, stay tuned, guys. Next week, we will be covering greatest first-time directors, uh, greatest first films from directors of all time. We have a really exciting episode going up next week that correlates with our episode of Action Movie Anatomy covering Get Out with the release of Us coming up, which we're really, really excited about. Yeah, so, absolutely. 
Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon. And uh, thank you to every member of Action Industries for making this last couple weeks shine. We could not have done it without you guys, and we love you. Yeah, absolutely. And welcome, Jacob Patrick, to the team. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.